Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. Today is June the 24th. We are celebrating the nativity of St. John the Baptist. So we ask for his intercession at the top of this show. I am your host, Judy Como. I'm very happy to be here in the studio at St. Mary's Catholic Center. You're listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio. If you're here locally, KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley. KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas. And KINF 107.9 in the Holy Land, Palestine. Welcome to our show. It's a little bit of a dreary day here in Bryan and College Station, but... We have a lot of joy and energy to be here with you, our listeners, and so I'm in the presence of radio royalty here. Uh, Good morning, Thaddeus, our station manager. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Judy. And good morning, Robin Waters. Good morning, Judy. Glad to be here with you. Good morning, Queen Judy. Oh, well, thank (laughs) you. Thank you. No, 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 don't try to kiss my ring. (laughs) That's not what you said before the I show. I know, I know, but now, you know, I'm trying to... Humility. Now yes, we don't well, have to kiss know. a ring. That's if, nice to know now. If you're humble and you know it, then you're not. So uh, <laughs> remember that. So welcome, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Um, friends of mine will tell you that to tell one story, I have to tell another story. So my guest later on in the show is Robin Waters, our station manager, but I knew several years ago that this uh, interview would take place and uh, I've known Robin for a couple of years now and now uh, through lots of prayer and lots of uh, Christ incidences God has put us all together for this and so we'll talk a little bit more about the one story to tell another story uh, after the break Robin but welcome I'm glad you're here we have uh, lots of things to talk about I'd like to begin the segment with the entrance for Mass today, which, we're again, we're celebrating the Nativity of St. John the Baptist, and the entrance antiphon begins, He will be great in the sight of the Lord and will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and many will rejoice at his birth. And that's from the Gospel of Luke. Um Love talking about saints. I love knowing more and more about saints. Um, St. John the Baptist is one of the few saints that actually has two feast days. Wow. I thought that was a interesting thing. Do you happen to know another saint that maybe has two feast days? Not that you put put me on the spot uh, on the well, air. Well, you know, I usually only <laughs> ask a question that I automatically know the answer to, but I know St. Joseph has two feast days, uh, St. Joseph the worker and... One's in May. It's funny how I actually pretended that I knew the answer, but I would just put on the spot, but I'll be truthful. I, I <laughs> okay. wouldn't have had a clue either way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm right there I, with you, Dennis. <laughs> that's okay. That is okay. 
Awesome. Dennis, how's everything going for you? We're doing very well. We're doing very well. We're uh, just so happy to be of public service to all those that are possibly uh, still sheltering in place and those that are out and about. We're, we're just excited that Red Sea Catholic Radio has been essential before, during, and now, <laughs> you know, even after we're, we're going to be essential uh, this this whole coronavirus crisis. So um, we're just excited that it's t- touching people's lives. We're hearing more and more people that are literally leaving their radios on in their house 24-7 to Red Sea Catholic Radio. And, uh, you know, and, and you're like, okay, really, do they do that? But then they tell us stories of hearing Mother Angelica Rosary at 4 a.m. and this other thing at the middle of the night. And uh, I've heard of people that say, oh, yeah, when I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear the nuns singing sometimes, it's just like the voices of angels and it lulls me back to sleep. And so it's just neat that people use the radio station for a variety of ways and that over the past almost 10 years, um, yeah, that it's been a, a great service to people in so many ways. So we have our uh, celebration coming up in a week or so, right? Yeah. In one week from today, we will have been on the air in Bryan College Station for 10 years. So thanks be to God. Amen to that. It's been a really fast 10 years. And uh, we've been so blessed to have Thaddeus on board for four of those. Robin now for almost a full year. You've been on board from the beginning, whether you were on the board or not. You were on the board, and, uh, you know, on board with us. So unbeknownst uh, to me, yeah, yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, and the uh, all credit and glory to God, number one for that. But in uh, you and your friends who had this vision and uh, came together and. Mm-hmm. Nothing stood in your way. Well, yeah. Nothing stood in your way not, uh, not that, through the grace of God. Through the Holy Spirit, nothing that we couldn't overcome. Yeah. So, yeah, there's plenty yeah, of things that try again, to jump my, in the my, way. I had no idea that uh, Catholic Radio existed in the way that I know it and love it now yeah. and need it, need it in my life. And as you were kind of talking about <clears throat> through the shelter in place and just some things that we've been able to add to our programming uh-huh. and— switch around here and there to better. We've been adding a lot of new things. I know I did a whole series on contrition. Robin did a whole series on Marian Minutes. Thaddeus has been working on series about vices with Fulton Sheen quotes. Um, We've been adding a lot of education because we we know there's so much negativity in our world today. We want to give it a a ray of sunshine. You know, we want to give people the truth and there's a lot of things that we're doing. And one of the things I'll go ahead and mention now is we're going to be continuing to offer our series that we've been creating that aren't Red Sea Catholic Radio specific uh, educational series to whatever radio station wants to hear them and use them around the nation. I mean, understandably so, it'll probably be only Catholic radio stations <laughs> that'll use most of the content, but we're offering it to them for free. You know, and so we're creating a web page off of our web page that lists all those series. It's like 15 different series that we're actually making available free content, short form programming, educational spots to help spread the faith throughout the country. And Robin's already heard from people from Connecticut, you I, said? I did. I got a phone call about two weeks ago, and the lady had really uh, enjoyed a spot off Faith Forensics. And she was trying to describe it to me. She said, I'd love to have the script or a copy of the audio. And I said, so I guess you're here in the Waco, Central Texas area. No, I'm in <laughs> Connecticut. And I said, 
so you heard it in Connecticut? No, I heard it in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, evidently, a Catholic radio station there had picked it up, yeah. and uh, it, was a, it, was, it was a neat conversation. Several years back, we gave permission to uh, the Spirit Catholic Radio Group um, to, to use it on their airwaves, and they've still been playing it since. Um, I know things that I've recorded here in the studio early on on our couch, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only studio we had at the beginning. We've offered it to others, and EWTN picked it up. So some of our spots that we were running here locally actually were running on the breaks at the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So it's really wonderful how we can have an impact if we allow what we do to grow. And I think we've seen so many of things like that in our community. We've always dreamt that that could happen. So this is going to be a page we're going to make available to Catholic radio stations uh, worldwide, really, that that can use these uh, resources freely. Right. And Absolutely. So Last exciting. week we kicked off a podcast uh, introduced on Pam's show. Yeah. Uh, that was one of our long-term term goals that really came to fruition quicker than we expected it, but yeah. through our... Well, with the help of a little coronavirus that's gone around, so uh, we decided to bump up our timeline on the podcast-only channel, and uh, we're actually starting some podcast-only offerings, and Shoulder to Shoulder is one that you were just mentioning, and Excellent. we're going to be recording more yeah. of those this why next why week. Why don't you mention to our listeners how they can find that Yeah, if uh, you go kickoff. to redcradio.org forward slash podcast, and uh, you can find that on our podcast channel. We'll put a banner up here soon. The 10th anniversary uh, short-form programming page It'll be available if you pull down. Either of these tabs are available on our home tab from our, our web page. You can just float over that home tab, and you can see either short-form programming or podcasts, and you can see some of those things and listen on demand to some of our, our offerings. But uh, we're excited. Uh, so our, our normal podcasts of this show and of Red Sea Roundup will be available there, as well as Shoulder to Shoulder and our new restorative justice podcast that we're working with the prison ministry with the Diocese of Austin to record some distance parenting education classes, as well as um, some what to do when you're about to be released, essentially. So these are resources that will be used for prison ministry wherever the Holy Spirit brings it. We already know in Huntsville they're interested in using this for a lot of the state prisons. So um, we've been able to do that since the prison ministry can't go to the prisons now, they've been coming to us to record some of those educational. And so through collaboration with Central Texas um, Catholic Charities, we're, we're making, it, making it happen. So right. thanks be to God. Yes, and thanks be to our donors who make it all possible. Yeah. And we have already, again, due to the coronavirus, had to postpone our benefit for the Waco area, right. but we're moving towards that. Yeah. So, uh, Robin, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that and um, what's going on and how they can help continue our uh, journey in Catholic Radio. Sure. Thank you, Judy. Uh, as Judy said, our, our benefit was delayed. It was supposed to take place on uh, May the 7th. It's been uh, postponed till October the 8th. But I'll tell you what, the people are so generous uh, I called and talked to the people that attended last year, and uh, almost every one of them went ahead and bought tickets early. And what a blessing that is for us, since it's a major part of our funding for the year. 
And I'm still still talking to people in our Central Texas area and encourage any of you that own businesses or are, in, are leaders in different organizations in your parish to please give me a call at uh, 749-4937 anytime. And I'd love to uh, talk to you about a, a table or individual tickets to uh, get this thing sold out. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Father Albert Hass, who's the uh, chaplain over at Cedar Breaks, is coming. And if, if you've ever heard him, uh, the man's on fire for the Lord and a joy to listen to. So uh, it's going to be a great event. Uh, I was blessed that, uh, yeah, as uh, many of you know, I live in West, and uh, our West KCs, our KJT, and Catholic Daughters are going to help us in getting the food together. And if you've ever been to a meal in West, uh, it's going to be good. It won't disappoint. That's right. So yeah. thanks for everybody that's supporting that. And... Uh, and that will continue to support us as we get closer to the benefit. There's a couple other things I'd like to mention that's going on in our area. Uh, here in July, I believe it's the 26th, St. Mary's Church of, the, Church of the Assumption in Waco will be celebrating their 150th anniversary. They're the oldest Catholic parish in Waco. Wow. And so thanks to you, to you guys for all your great work, Father Joe and his staff and all the parishioners are doing there. Also, uh, this Saturday... At the priest ordination, there's a local young man from uh, St. Jerome's in Waco, Kyle Nasursta, who will be ordained. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, God bless you, Kyle, for your commitment to the Lord and your future service. I think he's going to be going to St. Louis in Austin. And we have two, two seminarians here, local, two deacons locally, William, uh, William Rooney and Chris Smith, uh, both from St. Thomas Aquinas, that will be ordained. We're going to be broadcasting that live. The three of us, uh, Thaddeus, Robin, and I, will be there in Austin to uh, broadcast that live starting around 1020 a.m. So if you can't make it, chances are very high that you can't make it because they've limited the numbers. (laughs) So listen to it on Red Sea Catholic Radio this uh, Saturday morning. And remember to keep these uh, soon-to-be priests in your prayers. And all the priests, we just celebrated Father's Day, and uh, I like to— be sure to thank our priest and everything that they do for us. And there's this is a time of transition in our churches where pastors are being moved. And um, so just continue to pray, not only for these priests to be ordained, but those who are already ordained and continue to pray for them. And I'd, we got as about we get ready 20 to seconds. go to break, I'm going to read uh, the closing prayer from the Liturgy of the Hours this morning. God, our Father, you raised up John the Baptist to prepare a perfect people for Christ the Lord. Give your church joy in spirit and guide those who believe in you into the way of salvation and peace. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Talk to Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining us, this is going to be the best 40 minutes of your day today. I'm your host, Judy Como. Welcome to all our listeners around Central Texas. And I remind you that this is a live program. Uh, We would love for a 
call in. You can do that by dialing 855-683-7332. That's 85-LOVE-RED-C. My guest today is Robin Waters. You know him as the station manager over in the Waco area. If you don't know him by that, you will by the end of this. I've known him for a couple of three, four years now. And uh, Robin, welcome again. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Judy. Um, You've been a friend of the radio for quite a long time uh, from the inception of being able to broaden out into the Waco area. Uh, When I met Robin, it's because both he and my husband are in diaconate formation. And when we met, he owned a Catholic bookstore. So every time Keith needed books, usually at the last minute. Still does. (laughs) We we would ask Robin to order those books for us. And um, actually, two years ago on August the 30th, and I remember that because it's my birthday, I drove to West to pick up some of those books, and we had lunch together. Um, you brought a beautiful home-cooked restaurant yeah, meal. Went over I, to Czech American and West, and on Thursdays they have fried chicken, and it's delicious. I yes, brought you it some. was. Yes, it was. <laughs> and we, uh, we shared a meal together, and I, I think one of the best ways of evangelizing our faith to others is by telling our story, our reason to go through this world with all the things that are going on there. And uh, I rarely miss an occasion to hear or ask someone to tell me their story. And as we shared that meal, people are comfortable. You're sharing a meal. A lot of times uh, the true connection comes through during that. And I just simply ask, you know, can you tell me a little bit about your call to the diaconate? And that's where I knew that someday we'd be sitting on these microphones and sharing some of that. So um, lots of different avenues to go from here, but I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourself to the listeners in along with what I've already said. Sure, sure. Thank you, Judy. And uh, yeah, when we sat down that day, we did have a great conversation and uh Got to share our faith journeys and a little bit about our lives together and got to know each other better. But uh, I never expected to be here. I never expected to be uh, the station director for uh, KYR in Waco. Uh, As she said, I've been involved with the station since before it started. Actually, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, found the station for sale for Dennis when when it all came up and called Dennis and said, Dennis, there's a radio station for sale in Waco and the price is reasonable. And Dennis's answer was, no, I, I look at it every day. And so, like I said, it was by the Holy Spirit. Dennis then followed it through, and and uh, by many miracles, uh, it came to pass. And uh, here we are today, and uh, just by the grace of the Holy Spirit. Uh, kind of some of my background, I was born and raised in Central Texas. I was born in Temple at the old Scott and White that used to be in downtown Temple, which tells you I'm pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we moved to West when I was about five years old. Uh, My dad was in the construction business and did a lot of underground utility-type work around the state, and they needed a place for us to settle down so that uh, I would have a place to go to school. Uh, Me and my sister, I have a sister that's two years younger than me, Rhonda, 
and uh, she also lives in the West area. And we, uh, uh, earlier Julie, I mean, Judy, uh, described Palestine as, uh, the Holy land. Well, as far as I'm concerned, uh, West comma, Texas is the Holy land. Uh, <laughs> that's where, that's Typically <laughs> when I'm doing the station ID things, uh, Thaddeus will interject that Holy land because of Palestine things. So I thought I'd beat him to the punch this oh, morning. Yeah. 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 I've heard him say that before. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I just say that because for me it is, you know, that, mm-hmm. that whole area is the place where I grew up and where I found God and grew to love God and and uh, that's just expanded as I've as I've grown in, in age and hopefully a little bit of wisdom, <laughs> very little. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I grew up there in West and uh, went to high school there and my family, uh, as I said, my dad was a contractor, did a lot of traveling and. Uh, kind of as a consequence of a lot of his traveling uh, and being a businessman, uh, we weren't, I guess you could say, the best Christians. Uh, grew up Baptist, so I'm a convert. Uh, but uh, I guess I always tell people we were bad Baptists, oh. <laughs> meaning that, uh, well, it wouldn't matter which church we went to, we would have been bad because <laughs> because we didn't go too often. Uh, but we were believers, and um, my mom taught us how to pray. She was a very uh, loving person. And uh, and I had a Bible that she gave me and, and read it regularly, especially at, when I got into my high school years and was uh, going through some uh, a lot of family difficulties with my, my parents uh, who ended up divorced. And, uh, you know, in, in looking back at that, it's not that they were, were bad people, but uh, they had kind of uh, accepted, I guess you could say, the ways of the world. You know, really money, uh, uh, the pleasures of the world were... You know, I hate to say it, but in essence, they were our God uh, because we we uh, spent more time doing those things than we did with God or even focusing on God. But uh, uh, when I was in high school, I was working at a place just north of Abbott, which is a few miles from west. Uh, it was called Nickerson Farms, and a lot of people from the Abbott and West area, high school kids worked there. Mm. And uh, a lot of people actually met their lifelong uh spouse there, you know, and, and in fact, the, uh, uh, the, the assistant manager there was a young man named, uh, Steve Nasursta, and now he's called Father Stephen Nasursta. He's oh. at Cornhill. So known him for a long time and a lot of, uh, people that made a big difference in my life. I met there, including my wife. That's where we met and started dating and, uh, uh didn't know it at the time, but uh, she was Catholic. Most of the people I knew around West were, but uh, especially those I ran around with. But uh, I guess it was maybe two weeks that we were going together, and it was a Saturday night, and and uh, we're going to go out probably to a dance around West. How everybody used to go all the dance halls at the at the West Fraternal and the and the uh, SPJST. Uh, you could and, be describing my childhood yep. just a couple of counties over. <laughs> yep, Geneva Hall, London Hall, Tours Hall. You mm-hmm. know that's that's what we did back in those days, and. Uh, she said, "Well, before we go out, we're going to go to go to mass." And I said, uh, "People go to church on Saturday, you know." <laughs> she said, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> what you could have said, people go to church on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she says, "Yeah, we're, we're, we'll we'll go to mass, and then I don't have to get up so early in the morning." And, mm-hmm. and uh, so I said, "Okay, you know, I'm a Christian. I'll be I'll be glad to go with you." So we went, and uh, uh, I, I really almost fell in love with the church. From the, it was the first time I'd stepped into a Catholic church. Grew up Baptist, like I said, bad Baptist, but uh, uh, the difference was was very 
stark mm-hmm. in that uh, I noticed that uh, people were very quiet, very prayerful, and I didn't know why at the time, but now I know why. It's mm-hmm. because we have Jesus there in the tabernacle. You know, it's respect. Oh. And uh, I had no idea, but uh, but also uh, I knew many of the people because I knew the kids that went there, the high school kids, and many of their parents because I'd, I'd been to their homes and things. And uh, But they treated me as uh, I saw Christ in them, I guess would, would be the best way to describe it, because uh, they didn't act like that. It was odd that I was there as a Baptist kid. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know when to kneel. I didn't know what to say, when to stand up or anything. But... I felt no pressure. I felt I didn't feel out of place, and uh, nobody tried to convert me. They just say, hey, "Robin, they treated me like a normal person. How you doing? Good to see you. Glad you came with Carolyn." And I really like that. And uh, and not this isn't. I don't want to mean this as negative, but since we were very bad Baptists and I only went to church a few times a year, the contrast to that was when we went back to my home church. Uh, a big deal was made that we showed up. I mean, they were loving us very much so, but I didn't really want to be uh, be put on the spot or you know pointed out. I, I really just wanted to go and worship, mm. and so I kind of liked that. And I didn't know anything about the differences in the teachings. Wow! I, I hope that <clears throat> this part of your story is falling on ears that, you know, people are saying, you know, is that my experience? Would that be the experience that someone that came to St. Anywhere on Saturday afternoon? And, and because it's so important, yes, it is so important for each of us to have a welcoming uh, atmosphere when we do see someone. St. Anthony's uh, typically... You know, nothing is normal right now, but typically we'll invite visitors to stand up. And Keith and I always try to make an effort to say welcome and find out after Mass, you know, where are you from and and things like that. That's where evangelization begins. For sure. For sure. But uh, that's where where it started with my wife and I. And uh, we were both 17 at the time, you know, pretty young. a few years later, as we got more serious in our relationship and became engaged, I, I decided that I would join would join the Catholic Church, uh, still not even really knowing the, t- the differences in the teachings or, or anything. Uh, but in uh, on the Easter Vigil in 1982, I was 20 years old, uh, I joined the church. And so that was 38 years ago. That shows you that I truly am old now. <laughs> <laughs> we earned this gray hair. We did, for sure. And and then what little gray I have. Well, you that's know. okay. <laughs> because not that I have uh, my natural color, it's because I don't have any, just for y'all that don't, that don't know me. <laughs> Looks great on radio. Though. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm built for radio. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we I, got, I joined the church then in 82, and later that same year, um, my wife and I were married, just after I was 21 at that time. And uh, you know, started our life together, and uh, you know I was blessed to uh, have great in-laws, great uh, role models uh, as what a married couple and a married life should be. As I mentioned, my fam- my parents were divorced and, and had a lot of issues, and the uh, again the contrast was what I saw in my wife's family, where uh, she had six brothers, I had one sister. Uh, they never missed church. They uh, we hardly ever went to church. You know, they prayed as a family. We, not so much. 
So uh, they were a good example to me uh, as a as what a uh, a good Catholic Christian man should be and a family man. But uh, as we went on in our married life, we were blessed with three kids: mm-hmm. Justin, Jacob, and Julia. And uh, before they were born, and even after they were born, I worked a lot of different jobs. Uh, actually, went to TSTC there in Waco and got a degree in a solar energy technology. Uh, wow. Yeah, that, that whole industry back then was, was new. And I was still thinking pretty worldly, so my reasoning for getting into that was, hey, this is something real new, it's got to get big, and I'm going to be rich. Because mm-hmm. I'm getting in on the bottom floor, right, on the foundation. But uh, that didn't work out so much. But I did get to work in that industry for a few years and got a lot out of it. And actually, uh, you know, looking back, you can see how the Lord led you to different spots and were very... Uh, you didn't expect it. It was very unusual, but he got you there. Yeah, you know, he pushed you around the corner. And looking over your time, your life's timeline is a wonderful way to, like you say, see where the Lord was involved in that. Was that something you were doing at that time, or is this later on in your faith life that helped you cultivate that, um, like building our muscle to see where God is and all of that? How did that? It was really later, uh-huh. later in life. I, I think now that you say that, Judy, one of the first times I remember uh, kind of thanking the Lord for something that was unexpected, and, the, and you're kind of building those faith muscles as mm-hmm. my wife and I were living in Austin. She was going to the University of Texas, and, uh, uh. and I was working. <laughs> I actually had a business in Austin, but uh, uh, my business wasn't doing too good, and uh, we couldn't pay our rent. And I had a motorcycle that I didn't need, of course, <laughs> but uh, I, I put it up for sale. And uh, the day our rent was due, a young lady showed up that she was so short, her feet wouldn't even touch the ground on the motorcycle. <laughs> but she ended up driving off in that motorcycle and gave me the money, and I went and paid the rent. So I, I, I literally remember saying, thank you, Lord. That that was a, a miracle for me mm-hmm. at the time. But, uh, you know, like I said, started off doing that type of work worked in a lot of different industries, ended up spending a lot of time. Uh, I worked at the Super Collider up in Waxahachie when they were building that, did a lot of work in industrial controls, ended up at m M&M and Mars in Waco, uh, started off in maintenance there doing electrical work and ended up in R&D. Uh, ended up uh, being the packaging person for the plant for a few years. But uh, that was all leading up to something I didn't, I wasn't prepared for. And, uh, as we as we went along through our life, our oldest son Justin, whenever he was eight years old, unfortunately we uh, saw that he wasn't feeling well for a few days, and the teachers at school even noticed that he looks kind of sluggish and a little pale. And uh, so we ended up taking him to the doctor. Actually, my wife did, and then uh, she had me meet him up meet meet her up there at the doctor's office in Waco, and uh, and unfortunately we found out that he had uh, leukemia, and so that started a a 10-year journey in which uh, we needed the Lord badly and we leaned on Him heavily. And so uh, we ended up, he ended up suffering from uh, through three, three relapses of leukemia, uh, you know, about six years of chemo, a double lung transplant and a, and a uh, bone marrow transplant. And, uh, you know, what we saw in our struggles was how blessed we were by seeing the other families 
whose children that had exactly the same disease were not living, you know, a year or two years, people we got to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw many miracles uh, that uh, were just unbelievable that our, that we were, we were blessed to have our son uh, during that 10-year struggle. Uh, unfortunately, uh, at 18, he did pass away, but uh, we, we knew then— uh, I didn't have I, my spiritual muscles were growing, and mm-hmm. I knew then where where God was leading us, and uh, and the uh, the things that that we needed to to do to continue to grow and to, and to get through you know a tragedy like that because I, I don't see how anyone could survive the loss of a child or a spouse or you know a parent, anyone that you love deeply and that you're you're intimately close with without the Lord. I don't think it's possible. Uh, you, you go into depression, uh, sorrow, and many people at that time, they blame the Lord, you know, and, and reject Him. But uh, we, we were blessed in that uh, even even near the end, we were down at a Texas Children's Hospital in, in Houston. He had had a double lung transplant, and uh, it had been about 10 weeks in ICU. And what had happened is uh, after the transplant, lung transplant, he uh, developed a brain infection. Uh, and they didn't really know what it was because it was too deep into his brain to really to get a sample of it mm-hmm. so they could you know, to know what it was. And so they were treating him for bacterial and for uh, fungal infections. But after this 10 weeks, uh, it just things weren't going well. And we knew that if something didn't get better quickly that he might not make it. In fact, he probably wouldn't make it. And so the doctors actually gave us uh, the option of having a, uh, a very risky brain surgery to try to go deep down into his brain to get a sample of this, this infection and identify it and maybe, possibly, uh, stop the infection and, and bring him back to health. Uh, it had, it had kind of set up residence in his uh, carotid artery and was blocking blood flow, so he was in, at risk of having a stroke, you know, at any time. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was 18, and the doctor said, you know, you need to go talk to him about this. He needs to tell you if he wants to do it or not. And he was perfectly coherent, you know. So my wife and I went into his ICU room, and I said, Justin, uh, this is what the doctors offer, this potential surgery. And so what do you want to do? Told him about it, and uh, that, you know, odds of making it through the surgery were 50-50. And uh, he says, well, uh, Dad, what what are we going to do if— if I don't have this surgery, and I said, son, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you, we're giving up. And after 10 years of fighting, you know, still at that time for me and for him, giving up was not an option. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, let's do it. You know, let's do it. And I said, okay, son, uh, I agree with you. Mom and I both agree, but you know, it doesn't get any tougher than this. So let's talk about your faith a little bit. And uh, he said, okay. And that was a little surprising because, you know, I know you have, you've had teenagers, Judy, <laughs> and you know that they don't normally like to talk about that. In fact, you know, many times it might get into a little argument right. depending on the <laughs> how you're. <laughs> oh, you've met my daughters. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have my, my kids. And so I was surprised. Justin was just a normal kid, you mm-hmm. know, just a normal kid and uh, loved his friends that he had there in West and all this time that he had there. But uh, he, he, he said, okay, Dad. And I said, okay, I'm just going to ask you a few questions, and you give me the answer. And I said, uh, Justin, d- do you believe in God? 
He said, yes, I do. I said, Justin, do you believe that Jesus died for our sins? He said, yes, I do. And I said, son, you know, mom and I, there's nothing more that we want and pray for it than for you to get better. But whether you'll get better or pass away, you're going to be just fine, aren't you? And he looked at me, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, because I know that as an 18-year-old facing death, he didn't have the strength, he said, I'm not scared, Dad. And so, and so of course, my wife and I, just uh, we just cried and held him and you know, told him how much we loved him and, and how proud we were of him. And I didn't realize till recently uh, when we were doing a, uh, a paper for our sacraments class in diaconate formation, uh, we were studying the sacraments, and uh, one that I was reading about was the sacrament of the sick, which he had had many times over that 10-year period. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, as I was reading this, it came to me this. This is how he was given the strength. I knew it was by the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really realize how the sacrament of the sick and all the sacraments that he had received had strengthened him, given him grace to, uh, to say those words. And actually, I was looking in the catechism when I was studying that day, and catechism paragraph 1520 says that the first grace, the first grace of the sacrament of the sick is one of strengthening peace and courage to overcome the difficulties that go with the condition of a serious illness or the frailty of old age. And he had that peace and courage. That's so beautiful. Um, I will add that uh, on the day that y'all were studying, I didn't go to class with Keith because my brother was in ICU and uh, my sister sent me a video of him receiving uh, the anointing of the sick. And uh, Tim, our uh, diaconate brother, had uh, prayed with us over Zoom that morning and had asked questions about it. And uh, it was just very powerful to experience it, even though it was a video, but still knowing the power and uh, you're describing uh, Justin's experience. Well, you know, Jeff was unconscious, my brother, but how that sacrament ministered to me. Oh, yeah. And how realizing the power of grace in our lives, of all the sacraments, how we have that uh, wealth of strength there yep. to tap into when we needed it. Absolutely. And so that, that was, uh, uh, after that, it, there was a, the, uh, the doctors actually, he actually never had the surgery that I was describing because that actually was our last conversation with him. Although he was perfectly coherent while we were talking that day, the next day he had a stroke mm. and the surgery wouldn't, wouldn't have helped anymore. And so, and he couldn't speak. He could still uh, squeeze our hand. He could still write even, but uh, he couldn't speak. And then uh, the next day, uh, he couldn't see. He actually went blind, but he could still hear, and he could still respond by squeezing our hands and things. The third day, uh, everything was gone. Uh, We know that he could still hear us, but we could get no response. And so at that time, we... uh, the, the doctors told us that he probably had about a day to live, you know. He wasn't on any kind of uh, assistance by, you know, any kind of a respirator mm-hmm. or a ventilator or anything like that. 
But uh, four days later, <laughs> you know, they they said we can't explain it, but uh, he's still here. And I just said, you know, well, I, it, it's going to be God's time and Justin's time whenever he's going to going to go from this life to the next. And and they suggested we go to hospice at the time, which was uh, there's a place called Houston Hospice, just a couple blocks away from the medical center down there in Houston. And uh, so we did. And uh, thank God we did because we met a doctor there named Dr. John Lerma, who's written a couple of books that have uh, really helped us uh, in the death of our in the death of our son and a lot of other people. I know even uh, uh, a lot of priests will give that book out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Ed Karasik over at Lockhart used to be at West. He likes to give that book to people who've lost someone. But uh, that was by the Holy Spirit leading us so that at the hospice, Justin was going to die. There's no doubt. But the healing for the parents, for us, that's why he was holding on for all those days. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I know my dad's hard-headed. <laughs> the doctors have suggested, let's go to the hospice. He won't do it. Uh and so I got to hold on until to get him over there, so the Lord can help him over there. And so, so that that's what happened, and uh, and that was really the uh, the start of our uh, journey, even growing closer to the Lord. Because uh, it's like one of our priests, uh, when we used to be members over at Immaculate Heart of Mary and Abbot, used to say that you never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And oh, that's amen beautiful. with that. Yeah. He used to say that a lot, but uh, but after the, after Justin passed away, you know, we things really changed, and I was trying to to see where the Lord was leading me. And uh, about six months after, uh, my wife and I were both invited to go on the Act Retreat in West, and the men and women's retreats are separate, of course. Uh, my wife went first, and uh, that was a big step in our healing. And then we became very involved in the in the Axe group there in West, and I think I've been on about seventeen teams. And oh, Carolyn on, I think maybe she's actually the spiritual director for or spiritual companion. One of the uh, she has a partner companion, uh, Agnes Timmons, that's going to uh, put on a retreat this fall for the women there in West. But uh, that really, you know, the, the fellowship through that and uh, the the. Uh, Encountering of the Holy Spirit at the retreat and in all the activities that we've had in Acts, uh, yeah, just made me grow tremendously in my in my faith. Yeah, I want to remind our listeners that this is a live program, and if you have a question or a comment for my guest, Robin Waters, he is a friend, a uh, member of the Diaconate Formation, uh, God willing, of class of 2022, and you can reach us at 855-683-7332 if you have a question or a comment. So um, you've described thus far your, your faith journey, and uh, you mentioned that six months after Justin passed away, you were there was a time for a, a new business adventure. Well, actually, uh, that was a little farther down the road. We we went on Axe oh, about okay. six months after, and uh, about, oh, five years after that? That was 2007. In 2012, uh, after a lot of prayer, I decided to leave my job at Eminem Mars in Waco and to buy a business in West called Blessings, Blessings Christian Gift Shop. It was owned by Diane Friend. Her and her husband, uh, Cecil, De- Deacon Cecil Friend, had started it many years before. And uh, 
it's kind of a funny story because uh, uh, Diane's a friend of ours, and she had the store for sale, and I was thinking, you know, I was praying about it, and I, I went and talked to her. I said, hey, Diane, I said, uh, I'm kind of interested in maybe buying blessings. I said, you know, you, you making any money doing this? <laughs> And she said, oh, oh, no, I don't make any money, but it's a ministry for me, and it's a wonderful thing. I said, well, Diane, you know, i got two kids that are getting ready to go to college, and uh, you need to work on your sales pitch. <laughs> but she, but uh, I guess I'm a, I, I, I'm a, 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 a easy person to sell to because uh, I went ahead and bought the business anyway. <laughs> and I really felt like at the time that guess what God was calling me to do? That uh, my job at Mars was a great job, had no complaints, great benefits and all that, but I felt that he was calling me to more. And I felt like that was to serve him through helping other people at blessings, helping them grow in their faith, helping them at times when they're struggling. Maybe they had lost a, a family member or they're wanting to learn more about their faith. They're looking for a Bible or any kind of study material, you know, or a crucifix or a rosary, you know, something to help them pray. And so I did that, and uh, for several years, uh, my wife and I, my wife was still teaching. She's a, she's a teacher at St. Mary's Catholic School in West. She, she was teaching at West Elementary at the time. And, uh, and as we mentioned earlier, you start seeing the path that God was leading you on and that you were sometimes following, sometimes not. But uh, again, as I said, my son knew that I'm pretty hard-headed, and God knows that, of course. And so what I found later was that I uh, got into blessings for several years, and uh, so I'm kind of enveloped in the faith all the time. That's all I'm doing is talking about the faith, talking to people about the faith, learning more about the faith. And uh, one day, back in 2016, I'm making a delivery to uh, Christine Moore, who's the uh, DRE at St. At Jerome's in Waco. Her husband, Don Moore, was just ordained a deacon in 2019. And uh, Christine said, before I left, she said, Robin, I want to ask you about something. She said, have you ever considered becoming a deacon? And I said, well, Christine, I said, actually, it's something that different folks may have just suggested to me for probably about 15 years off and on. But, but no, not really. I said, I think that God was calling me to buy blessings and to help out that way, to serve him in that capacity and she said something that no one had ever asked me before that had mentioned the diaconate to me. She said, well, I'm just going to ask you to pray about it. Well, I blame Christine for this <laughs> because I started praying about it. Well, thanks, Christine. <laughs> and I told my wife about it, and she started praying about it. And within, let's just say, four weeks, about seven people approached me about the diaconate, including my pastor, who had never talked to me about it before. And I was like, oh, Lord, are you going to do this to me? <laughs> this is hard work, you know? I know what deacons do. And so uh, I really thought about it a lot. And uh, my pastor at the time, uh, uh, Father Paul Hudson, suggested that I go down to Austin and go to one of those classes where you just learn about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Project and, Stephen. Yes. And so I waited for a long time. Actually, the last class was taking place. I didn't tell my wife Carolyn about it. But on a Friday, it was taking place on Saturday. I told her on Friday, Father Father Paul called me. He said, Robin, have you been to one of those classes yet? I said, no, I haven't, Father. Well, are you going to apply for diaconate? I said, I don't know, Father. I'm still not sure if I'm being called. And and uh, he said, well, the last class is this Saturday if you want to learn more about it. So uh, I talked to my wife at the last minute, and uh, she says, uh, I said, do you want to go? you know, learn more about it? She says, no. The question is, do you want to go? 
I said, no, that's not the question. Because if, if you're not 100% behind it, I'm not even taking one step in that direction. Uh, you're my first vocation, you know. And she uh, she said, yeah, yeah, I, I want to I wanna learn more about it. So so we did. And we uh, we went on down there and went to class. And uh, that was early May, maybe, the or late late April, I guess. And I uh, got back, and I guess the enemy still was throwing doubts in my mind, you know. But what finally, what finally made the decision for me is I woke up Mother's Day morning, 2016. My mother had passed away about 10 years previous to that. And I don't know if you'd call it a vision or a dream or just a powerful thought, but I could hear my mother encouraging me to apply for the diaconate. Come on, Robin. God mm-hmm. wants you to serve, you know. And what I saw in my mind's eye was the Blessed Mother standing next to my mother saying to her, my mom's name was Marilyn. Marilyn, will you talk to him, <laughs> my son? And I have been talking to him for years, and he just won't listen. But when my mother, and I felt my mother say, say that, I just sat up in bed, and I just said yes. And I said, I turned over and told my wife. And so, uh, and you know this, Judy, the application process is very extensive. It's grueling. I had three weeks. <laughs> I had not started. Oh, goodness. So I basically, I was at work but uh, at Blessings, but I was working on diaconate application the entire time. Wow. That's a miracle in itself yes. if you completed that. And, and I mean, the references you have to get and all the records you have to get, it's and the writing you have to do, it's very extensive. So if any of you guys are considering applying for diaconate at some point, please start early. <laughs> Don't do like I did, because it, it's better to have three months instead of three weeks. So uh, so I, I put in the application and uh, went through that basically nine-month process of uh, as an inquisitor, mm-hmm. where they're uh, trying to see, we're, in, we're inquiring uh, uh, into the diaconate, and, and then they're evaluating us, and uh, then in January of, uh, of the next year, uh, uh, thank God, the bishop invited me to enter into formation, and and uh, so far, um, I'm still there, and I feel like the Lord is still still discerning that every day, that that's his path for me, but uh, I feel like it is. Uh, it's, a, it's a long journey, and, uh, and I know that this is a time in the church that, uh, in our world, that it needs people that are going to serve. Yeah. They're going to bring the Lord to people. I, kn- I knew that when you, uh, Robin shared this story about his mother and the Blessed Mother that day at your kitchen table, and um, that's just such a very profound uh, experience. Um, and ever since that time, and knowing that he was a supporter of the radio, we would have conversations, and he would, when we go to class every other Saturday, oh, I heard this on the radio, and we'd discuss it, and I heard your show, and different uh, conversations about the radio, and um, a full year ago, we were in search of a new station manager over there in the Waco area, and I was sitting with uh, Carolyn, and I said, you know, I don't have any idea if Robin's even interested in changing a job, but gosh, he would be so great, and she sat up, and she said, well, you need to go talk to him, because... (laughs) I was pulling weeds listening to the radio and uh, heard that they were looking for a station manager and 
you know, shared. And yeah. I think you had already entertained the idea, but... Uh, well, it was funny you say that because what, what happened was she called me at my... I was working at a place in Waco, uh, Syntex Monuments, great company that, that makes uh, cemetery monuments. And uh, she, uh, she called me at work and she said, uh, hey, I think I found a job for you. And I said, uh, oh, yeah, how's that? She said, well, I'm out working in the flower bed, and I'm listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio on my phone, on the phone app. And she said, uh, they're looking for a new station manager. Did you know that? And I said, well, yeah, I knew that because the former station manager, Stephanie Lee's good friend of ours, West girl. And uh, I said, but I don't know anything about that. And she said, well, I just heard the qualifications, and, and you have the top three. <laughs> I said, well, the top one's got to be radio experience, right? She said, no. no. She said, here's the top three qualifications in a nutshell. Know the faith, love the faith, be willing to evangelize the faith. I said, well, what about radio experience? She said, that's way down the list. I said, I can do that. And so uh, I actually called Dennis. Uh, I think it might have been after we had talked, you and I had talked, Judy, and and uh, told him I'm thinking about you know throwing my hat into the ring and uh and uh, he was like, yeah, you know, we've got a lot of good applicants. So, you know, if you want to do it, go ahead. And uh, uh, thank God that, uh, you know, I went through the interview process and they, and I was, I was chosen. So uh, I, I'm so blessed to be uh, in formation to, uh, for the Catholic Church to become a deacon and then have the perfect job that uh, this is what I do is I evangelize the faith. In fact, kind of a, another little funny story. The first day I was hired here, I came down, and uh, Dennis was showing me around and, and all the ins and outs, and we went to the bank so he could uh, get me a company credit card. And so we're sitting there with the bank officer filling out the applications, and he's so he's filling it out, and he's asking me questions, and, and he says, uh, uh, so what's your job? And I said, uh, evangelization. <laughs> And Den Dennis said, station director. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you didn't say position. You said, what's your job? And so I, I really said that. I'm like, how stupid am I? Oh, <laughs> no, I think that's precious. Well, I, um, we have just a couple of minutes left yeah. in the program. And um, tell our listeners a little bit about what you've accomplished or what is kind of uh, top three things yeah. that you hope to accomplish in the upcoming well, I think uh, the, the the things that I've tried to focus on, and the, this pandemic has kind of slowed me down, is I really wanted to, uh, you know, I, having a business there in West and working with a lot of the churches and, and growing up in Central Texas, I know a lot of folks that are, are in business, good good Christians, good Catholics that uh, might that might want to support the radio station because this is something that needs to continue. You know, the the, the words of the of the faith. Uh, the gospel of Jesus, the teachings of the Catholic Church need to be out there on the airwaves every day. And so I've, uh, you know, wanted, trying to talk with a lot of business per people that might want to um, be uh, underwriters on our on our station uh, in different ways that we can help support their business and support Catholic Radio. And then also just doing a lot of work with the parishes. Luckily, I knew a lot of the folks there, uh, the the church secretaries, and a lot of the pastors from from blessings, uh, and just making sure that we can support them in any way possible. As uh, as Dennis has told me, our our uh, their mission is our mission. So we want to promote anything that's going on at any parish, 
so that we can help them be successful in, the, in, in their ministries. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the top two things that I'm, and then with the benefit dinner, and that goes along with helping the, the funds coming in for the, right. for the radio. And so now, here today, looking back over your timeline, you can see a connection of where God was leading you and how your involvement in this and your involvement in that, all these things are coming together and is bearing fruit in your job, uh, especially uh, with the radio. And I just told my wife a couple of days ago, do you realize I couldn't even do this job if all the other things hadn't happened in the past? You know, if it for, so we're blessed. That's such, so encouraging for us. And listeners, um, that is um, such a much-needed uh, voice of joy and hope in uh, what you've shared with us, uh, Robin. And I just thank you so much for taking the time, number one, to drive on over here. Thank you for the temptation of the kolaches <laughs> that uh, you brought from West. And uh, just thank you for what you're doing f- uh, to help promote the kingdom and evangelize. Just thank you for being here. And I want to thank our listeners for being here. And I remind you that today is the feast day of St. John the Baptist, the Nativity. So we continue to ask his intercession in our life. He is the patron saint of baptism. Have a great day. God bless everybody. Dead man walking, shake off the rumors and talk.